Hi everyone, welcome back or welcome if you're new to Amloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslan and I'm the host. And this week we're going to be talking about how to get yourself out of the winter slump or get over the post-holiday slump or blues, whatever you want to call it, or really just to make the most of your winter and kind of just put yourself in the best mood possible for winter because I know that January is such a hard month mentally for me. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I know that it's like actually statistically a thing too, that like January and February are just like really hard months for people. And a lot of it has to do with like the weather and it being really cold and there not being as much daylight and everything. And while I do live in Houston, so I definitely don't experience the really hard winters like a lot of people do, which I am thankful for. I've always said I wish I could experience like all four seasons, but I know that if I had to experience like a true long winter, I probably wouldn't be saying that. So I am grateful for my very warm winters, but I do want to say, um, you know, I do feel for you if you're going through like a really hard winter with the weather. But I will say that even though it doesn't get really cold, there ten- it tends to be very gloomy very often, which kind of has the same effect, especially if it's like a persistent gloom. So I kind of understand the seasonal feelings in that sense. And also I just tend to be in better spirits when the sun is out <laughs> for most of the day rather than it getting dark early in the day. I think a lot of people probably agree with that. It's like when it first gets dark early, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a big adjustment. And then I get kind of used to it. I'm like, okay, it's kind of a vibe because it like forces me to like wind down earlier and like actually get in bed at a good time. But then after a while, I'm kind of like, okay, but I miss there being sunlight until like eight o'clock. So I totally get that. But I thought that this would just be really helpful, especially because we're coming off of all of these goal setting and really aspirational episodes and I know that sometimes you just have a hard time getting back into the swing of things after the holidays and goal setting and going after all of these big things just seems really daunting and it just doesn't really seem like something you can step into very easily and because of that it kind of ends up sending you into this slump of like I have already failed myself because I haven't set any goals or I set goals and I'm not working towards them, whatever the case may be it's really easy to just get down on yourself really quickly, especially with social media nowadays. Like you're seeing what everyone's working on and what everyone's doing in January for their goals. And you're like, well, that's not really a start to January that I had. And now I feel like crap about myself and I'm going to just like mentally spiral because I am not doing anything productive for myself. And I've been there and I've done that like with just the comparison and with not really being proactive in January about my goals, which is totally fine. And I also want to say like, if that's the case for you, it's totally fine. I emphasize this all the time on the podcast, but when people tend to treat January 1st in the month of January and a new year as like the, their savior for change, it's usually a slippery slope because unless you put your 100% into it, you're going to set yourself up for disappointment if you're 
viewing it as this thing that's going to save you from yourself. And it's really like toxic to view January in a new year that way because it kind of reinforces the idea that you're only allowed to change and that you can only change when it's a new year or when it's January, which we all know is not the case. You can start over whenever you want. It's all up to you. And whether you've had the most productive January and you've already crossed goals off your list or you're really strongly working towards them, or if you're someone who didn't even set any New Year's goals, I think that this episode will be helpful for you regardless because I think we all get into these winter slumps where we're just kind of like, ugh, and we just feel stuck and it just doesn't feel like there's a lot of joy in our day-to-day life and we really get stuck in the monotony of life and it's really easy to just kind of beat yourself up and get down over that, especially just with like the seasonal um, depression that tends to come with the winter for a lot of people. And even if you don't have like actual sad, I think it's sad disorder, sad, I don't really know, seasonal affective disorder. I don't really know what the actual like name of it is. Um, Even if you don't actually have that, I think we all can be affected by the way the seasons change. So I think that this episode will be helpful no matter like what caliber of seasonal change you tend to be affected by or how much of it you feel. This should hopefully help you out and just inspire you to have a better winter this year. And I don't know about you guys, but January, I remember in college thinking that January always felt so long like I remember thinking like we go back to school after like a two-week break or three-week break I think after the holidays sometimes even a month and you'd start your new classes and I would always just be like I'd feel really optimistic but then I'd like once I was in upper division like still this week wasn't even really a thing so then it was just like okay we're jumping right into this and I just remember January always feeling really long and it was like the worst feeling ever when you'd be like wow it feels like I've already been in school for like six more weeks and it's like literally only been two and I don't know why but I had this feeling or I like thought that when I got into the working world and I started my full-time job I was thinking that that would kind of go away and that I would never really struggle with the whole January feels really long and just winter's dragging out feeling but no (laughs) I feel like at the same time It's January 20th when I'm recording this, and I feel like January has been so long. When I think about the fact that I've been back at work for like 17 days, it feels like I've been back at work for like a month. But at the same time, it's gone by like pretty fast, but we still have like 11 days left of January, and I feel like it should be over already, if that makes sense, because work was just like so intense when I came back to work like after like literally over two weeks off I hit the ground running and had like really long days for two weeks and then right now I'm in like the little bit of a transitional period between like my provision that was like really really busy and my actual busy season so I'm in this like in between period where I have like a normal schedule but it's like not as busy as I was and not as busy as I'm about to be and because of that I think I'm realizing like oh my gosh I've only been back to work for like this is the not even like that many full weeks like only two full weeks and like two partial weeks or no two full weeks no I don't even know I haven't even been back to work that long end of story but it feels like I've been back for forever and I don't know I just struggle with that and January just always feels like the longest month of the year but then it's like each month feels shorter and shorter after that and I think when you think of everything on like a annual basis and you're thinking like 
oh, I'm just getting to the end of the year. And then like, oh, I'm when you're anticipating like the arrival of the new year, or the arrival of the holiday season for a long time. And the closer and closer you get to it, the months just feel shorter and shorter, in my opinion. So, but let's go ahead and get into the quote of this week and the goal and gratitude. Or actually, I'm going to do a favorite this week instead of a goal. Um, I'm trying to switch it off, as you guys know. I can't remember if I did a favorite or a goal last week. I think I did a goal. The quote this week is from Pinterest, and it's actually a really cute little graphic um, and a great visualization. If you want to go to my words for thought Pinterest board, you'll see it. But the quote says, the fear of not being enough and the fear of being too much are exactly the same fear, the fear of being you. And that is from Nayira Wahid, I think is how you say it. I might be butchering that. But I thought it was most just eye-opening quote, but in the most precious graphic. But it's such a good way to look at that fear that I think we all intrinsically have at some point in our lives. Like I have gone through seasons of life where I've, you know, been telling myself these thoughts of I'm not enough. And I dealt with those thoughts a lot in college, especially. And when I like was, you know, starting out in relationships, like in high school and even in college, like that was always just like a forefront in my brain, like that fear of not being enough. And then a fear of being too much, I feel like I've felt a lot as well, sometimes even simultaneously with the fear of not being enough. Like there would be times where I just so internally, I'd be so scared of like being not enough for something. Like let's, for example, like when I remember when I first started dating my like now fiance, like there was just this fear of not being enough for the person because I, you know, had gone through relationships in the past where I just felt like I, that was kind of like the case. Like I just felt like I wasn't enough for a person at the end of the day. And then at the same time, which I was actually talking to my therapist about this the other day, and I wish I like would have recorded myself saying this, but like I wouldn't have known to record myself because it was like one of those things where I was talking to my therapist and I just like had this eye-opening just like revelation and I just like spit out all these words and I and then I remember right after I said them I was like oh my god like that I just like literally undid something and um I was talking about how like in the beginning of my relationships like the way I behave not behave but just like the way I am in the beginning of my relationships is a 180 from how I feel once I like am secure in the relationship and I feel like at the beginning of every relationship I've had, it started out as like more of an insecure attachment. And it's because I've like gone into every relationship with old like trust issues, basically. And I know I've talked about that before. But I was telling my therapist, I would do so much in the beginning of a relationship to sort of justify like, oh, like if I, you know, provide for this person in every single way possible, like, you know, taking care of them when they're not asking me to and like just do all of these things, it will tell, it will allow me to tell myself that they don't have a reason, like why would they want to leave me if I'm like doing all of this for them? And it was a way for me to compensate and justify like my insecurity at the beginning of a relationship. But then it would get to a point where I would be like, I'm doing too much and I feel like I'm doing too much. And then I would just retreat and I just like completely like stop doing all of that stuff. And then the other person is just kind of like, why are you like a different person now? And it's because you have like this shift where you're like, well, I was so scared of not being enough. So I was doing all of these things to, you know, compensate for my fear of being left and my fear of like losing, 
you that I did all of these things. And then all of a sudden, when I realized that, you know, at the end of the day, like someone's going to stay with me because they love me and not for the things I do for them. Then I started worrying about me being too much and just like, (laughs) then that would cause me to just retreat and pull back. So it's just this really interesting dynamic. And that's not really the full like rundown of like what happened in therapy. I had like a much more um, articulate way of saying everything but it's crazy because I have experienced both of those like almost in the same breath I guess is what you could say and it's crazy because at the end of the day it truly is the fear of being you like I did all of that in my relationship I did I you know did all this stuff because I was scared of not being enough right and then I was like wait what am I doing (laughs) like I'm doing too much And I didn't want to be too much for the person and like smother them and make them feel like they couldn't be their own person or anything um, after I was, you know, providing all of this for them. And at the end of the day, underneath all of that, it was because I was scared to just show up as me in the relationships. Because if I just showed up as me, I truly intrinsically did not believe that I was enough as is going into the relationship. So I felt like I had to compensate for it. And underneath the fear of not being enough and the fear of being too much was me being scared to just be myself where like I could have just showed up in the relationship as myself and not done all of these things to compensate and to like make myself believe that someone wouldn't leave me if I was doing all of these things. And it's so sad (laughs) to like look back on and think about and trust me, like that's not the way my relationship is now, like at all like literally at all. It's completely different. And that is truly the way I am in the beginning of my relationships. And then right around like the two year mark, uh, literally in both of my long-term relationships, a a flip. No, I always want to say a flip switched. It's a switch flipped, (laughs) a switch flipped. And right around the two year mark in both my long-term relationships where I was like, no, like you just need to be yourself. There's no reason for you to go above and beyond I mean, like, of course I want to go above and beyond for the person and I do in ways, but I don't have to do it across the board all the time, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, And I don't know. I just wish younger me could have seen that quote. But at the same time, it's like if younger me did see that quote while I was going through all of that, I wouldn't have had that hindsight to apply that this quote to that situation. You know what I mean? So it almost takes me seeing things like this after the fact for me to realize like, wow, that's really deep. (laughs) And I also want to say that me like going above and beyond and like doing all of these things for people in the beginning of my relationship it was never like asked for or because of the other person it was literally just rooted in my own insecurity and it's so sad looking back because it's like how did I get to that point of being like that deeply insecure and like having such an like anxious insecure attachment that like I thought me just like going above and beyond for someone would be like the thing that makes them stay when at the end of the day it's like you can't force someone to like stay with you first of all and you can't force them to stay with you because of what you do but at the end of the day it just made me feel better because I could tell myself why would someone want to leave me if I you know take care of them and I like offer to cook them all their meals and I like you know help them clean their place and like all this stuff and like literally it wasn't asked for but I was just being ridiculous like let me go back and slap my younger self some sense because (laughs) I was what was I doing (laughs) basically but it's okay because it led me to where I am now which I'm very happy so it's okay we have to get here somehow right and it's just truly incredible to like look back on and see the growth in myself 
from like the beginning of my relationship to now because I'm like, wow, who was that girl? I don't recognize her. I, I wish I didn't even know her, but I do because it's me. But at the end of the day, the fear of not being enough and the fear of being too much is the fear of being you. Because why not just show up as yourself and have people love you for who you are instead of a show you're putting on? Am I right or am I right? Okay, now let's get into the favorites and the gratitude for this week. So my favorite is super random and it's something that I literally had my eye on. Not even had my eye on. It was just like in the back of my head for like two years, like since they became a thing. And that is my skincare fridge. And if you follow me on TikTok, you know that like I... I included it in like a little mini vlog and I was like, it's totally unnecessary, but it's like totally changed the quality of my life. And then someone asked me to like show what was in it. So I also did a TikTok on that, but I literally love it so much. And I, ever since they came out, I, it wasn't that I necessarily wanted one. I was just very curious about them. I always wondered, I was like, does it actually like do anything for people? Is it just kind of like taking up space and keeping some products cool? Like what's the deal? But I got one for Christmas and I asked for it. It was like, I put it on my wish list and my fiance got it for me. And I wouldn't have it if I was still like in my apartment. Well, I don't know, because my apartment had like a pretty, pretty big bathroom and like a lot of storage and everything. But I probably wouldn't have had it in my apartment basically. Or if I like didn't have a lot of counter space. But because in our new home, like we have like two separate counter vanities like, and only one of them has a sink there's like a lot of counter space and I like use the other one that doesn't have a sink as like my full vanity. So I have it sitting on my vanity. And like, like I said, because it's like big and bulky and I don't really have an outlet for it to sit on the ground, it like has to sit on my counter. So with that being said, I never really considered getting one, but then when I was like making my Christmas wish list, I was like, Oh, this isn't like, they're not as expensive as I thought. First of all, like I think the one that my fiance got me was like 70 bucks. Um, and I'm sure they go on sale like at Black Friday and stuff. And I wanted one because now that we live in our home, my like ice roller, it, I would keep in my freezer, which is downstairs. And I like to ice roll my face before I put on my skincare. But for me to like go downstairs and grab my ice roller, come back upstairs, ice roll my face, do my skincare, and then take it back down and put it in the freezer, I knew that the few times I tried to do it, I would like forget to put it back in the freezer or I'd go downstairs and then like, my dog would be like super ready to go out because usually I like do my skincare and get dressed and brush my teeth and then I take her out. And if I were to go downstairs and get the ice roller, like sometimes she she's like freaking out. She's like, let's go, ready to go outside. So it makes her impatient if she like sees me before like we're immediately going outside and everything. And definitely just solving a first world problem with it. Like it is not a necessity by any means, but I have just been absolutely loving it because never in my life have I like actually ice rolled every single day. Like when I would keep it in my freezer, I was so bad about doing it. Like I'd only do it probably like once every like couple days just because I would like forget because it's in the freezer. And also when it was in the freezer, sometimes it would just be too cold and it would almost like pull at my skin a little bit. And the skincare fridge just keeps it cold. Like it doesn't freeze anything. It's literally a fridge. So it's just like cool. And I also keep my like eye patches in the skincare fridge, which like I never have been one to use eye patches or eye masks, whatever you want to call them. I call them eye patches, but when I say that, I think of like a pirate. So like maybe I shouldn't call them that. Um, but 
eye masks, whatever you want to call them. I also keep those in the fridge. And I've been like putting those on every single morning. And I've never been that consistent with like self-care stuff and with um, the extra steps of like skincare in the morning. Like normally I'm like bare minimum, let me put on my products and then be good to go. I'm not going to put on an eye mask and I'm not going to ice roll my face normally. But it's been like the nicest start to my day and it's kept me consistent with it because it's right there in my face like with all of my products. And it makes me like excited to use those things because they're like right there and they're all together in one spot instead of some stuff being downstairs, some stuff being upstairs. So I've got to say I love it. And the one I have is the Kululi. It's spelled cool and then U-L-I. And I will say my fiance got it off of Best Buy and I asked for the white one and it came in the mail and it was like this periwinkle lavender color and it's a beautiful color, but it's not white. And when I read the reviews, apparently like if you order the white, it's not actually white. Like it's white on the website, but it's going to come in and it's going to be a lavender periwinkle color, but it's actually really pretty. It's like a very light lavender periwinkle. It's not like a in your face purple by any means. So that's my favorite and my gratitude for this week. I'm honestly so grateful to have found like a workout that I love and enjoy doing. I think you guys know, but I have been like in my F45 era since like mid-October, I think. Yeah, because it was when I moved to my new place and I was a lot farther from like my usual workout places that I was going to. But I love it so much because it seriously is just such a good workout. I always look forward to going because I like... I know what the structure of the workout's going to be, but I never know what specific movements we're going to be doing. So it's like always different. There's always variety. The classes fly by so fast. And I have just felt so good lately. Just like I haven't felt as like lethargic. I haven't felt as fatigued. Like occasionally I'll get like just the usual muscle fatigue from like working my body hard because I truly am, you know, going like four to five times a week, usually five times. And never in my life have I like had a work, well, okay, not never in my life, because when I played sports, I was obviously doing things more than one day a week. But I haven't in my adult life, I guess, found a workout that I can go to five times a week and like be interested in still. So it's so nice. And I'm just so thankful for it because I feel like I, I mean, I've, I still love a lot of the other workouts I do. I love going on walks. I love my spin classes. I just don't go as often as y'all know, because I'm farther from them. But seriously, it's just been such a blessing to find something that I love so much and that I look forward to and I'm excited to go to. So I'm just really thankful for that because I feel like it's taken a long time for me to like find that for myself. And not that it's taken a long time because really it's just through different seasons of life, right? Like I felt this way about lifting and strength training like two or three years ago and I felt that way for like a little over a year and then I kind of phased out of it. So it's seasonal, but it just feels really good to find something that I can like genuinely do five days a week and like look forward to it. And I like hardly ever dread going because I'm just like so excited about it. And it feels like I just started going, but like I've literally been doing it for like two and a half, three months at this point, which is so crazy. And before we get into the specific things that I am doing to help myself through the post-holiday slump and winter blues, I want to sort of start off the episode with the number one thing I think you should focus on. And it's more so of like a lifestyle switch, not even a lifestyle switch because that makes it sound like it's a lot of work, but really just a mindset switch and something to keep in the back of your mind as you go through seasons of life where you naturally aren't feeling as high mentally and emotionally. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And spiritually, physically, whatever it may be. And I think that this is just really important to keep in the back of your mind as you make all of your decisions and like as you go about your day-to-day life. And I think that if you can keep this in the back of your mind, like above all else from this episode, take this home with you because I think it is the underlying thing that helps you the most through these harder seasons of life, literally. So that is to schedule things for yourself. And I say this because during the holiday season, things just sort of happen, right? There isn't too much thought put into, I mean, there is a lot of thought put into the holidays, obviously, but there isn't too much thought into having to plan for things to happen. And there's always kind of something going on. Like there's like your the place you live, like there's a lot of like different events that like your town or city may be putting on that you could go to. And, you know, there's a lot, there's obviously a lot of holidays, there's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, there's New Year's, there's Hanukkah, no matter, I mean, whatever it is you celebrate, there are just a lot of holidays. And there's just always something going on, it feels like, and you don't really have to put in a lot of effort yourself on your end to make things happen and for there to be plans. And maybe you're the planner of like all your friends and family, so you're probably sitting here thinking, you're wrong, I'm making all of this happen. And if that's the case, then you need to remember to keep doing that for yourself, especially during the winter and more slower seasons where you tend to be more down. But to go from the busyness of holiday season to where there's always something to do and there's always something going on to the nothingness of January where it's just kind of like, yeah, there's New Year's Day and other than that, it's just back to life, back to routine and there's nothing really planned to go from one end to the other, it can really leave you feeling empty. And it's really just like that come down after a high and that's never really a good feeling. And I think that's a lot of the reason why we sort of fall into these post-holiday slumps is because we go from all of this, you know, extra happiness from the season or maybe it's not a happy season for you, but there's just a lot of joy wrapped up in this season inherently itself without you having to really do anything extra on top of there being so many more things just going on. So intention is so important, even more important, is following through with that intention when it comes to taking care of yourself and scheduling things during January and during the winter so that you can, you know, sort of take the initiative to make sure you are allowing yourself to experience happy moments and things that make you happy and doing things that make you happy. And that's why I say intention is so important because you have to have that intention to schedule things for yourself so that you can create those moments of happiness for yourself by doing things that you love with people you enjoy being around. Because if you just sort of coast through the winter season, chances are you're not really going to take that initiative to plan things out for yourself. And when I say plan things out, I'm not talking about like crazy trips or you know, crazy weekends with a lot going on. I'm literally just like talking about the bare minimum with just like, I'm going to go on a walk on Saturday, then go get a coffee or something like it's it can be very minimal. And it's so 
hard to remember to do that because there's just like this layer of exhaustion as well like right after the holidays where you don't really want to you know do anything but at the same time it's the most important to actually be intentional and make sure you do something because otherwise you are just going to sort of fall into a slump inevitably and it makes me think of this tiktok why did i just say that so weird this tiktok sound i heard recently and it was basically this person saying you have to schedule joy in your life And I love that phrase and I think that that's kind of the theme of this episode in a way because, and it's funny because like I had this episode planned and then I saw that TikTok and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the perfect way to just like describe what I need to and what I want to in this episode and it can really preface the whole episode. So, you know, sure you can wait on joy to find you. You can just go about your day-to-day life and expect it to come to you, right? But that's just not really how it should be because then you waste so many precious moments waiting on it to come to you that you could be spending creating it for yourself and it's not that hard to create joy for yourself you have to schedule the joy in your life what does that look like for you what are little things in your daily routine that bring you joy does going to get a coffee in the morning and listening to your favorite playlist or the playlist based on your mood in the morning does that bring you joy or is it making your coffee at home and feeling that feeling of just proudness when you make a great cup of coffee from the comfort of your own home? Is it putting on a cute outfit that you feel confident in? Is it, you know, cleaning up, do a five minute cleanup in the morning? Does that make you feel joy? Does reading your book in the morning make you feel joy? Does calling a friend in the morning make you feel joy? Whatever it is, schedule that joy in your life and do it as much as you can, as you possibly can during these more difficult seasons and it's so important to do this all the time but it's the most important to do this when the seasons can really be affecting our moods and I know I'm somebody who typically sits around and waits on joy to find them in the sense that I'm kind of like I don't really I am a planner I feel like I'm definitely the person that kind of reaches out to their friends and tries to like plan things and not because I'm like this type a planner person I just feel like out of my friends I just am typically the first to reach out and maybe it's because I'm just usually thinking more far ahead and my friends are more go with the flow which is totally fine I'm just saying in general I feel like I'm kind of just waiting on moments to happen to provide me joy rather than just creating them myself by scheduling in those little things in my day or on my weekend that I know are going to make me feel happy and an example of this is last weekend I was like, I had like pretty much an open Saturday for the first time and I don't know how long, but, and maybe not for the first time and I don't know how long because over the holidays, my Saturdays were very chill, but for a January, I guess it was very crazy to have an open Saturday. And my January this year is a lot different from my January last year because last year at work, I was on a provision that went through like mid-January to like early February and I had the work every Saturday and Sunday while I was on it. And not necessarily work all day Saturday and Sunday, but work a good bit of hours. Even if it was just like one on Sunday and like five on Saturday, it was something, right? And I'm not on that provision anymore because I'm, I like swapped it with putting on more hours on something I was already on. And I picked up a different provision that I'm on in the very beginning of January that I just finished. So it was so crazy. I'm like, wow, it's like mid-January and I have like a free Saturday. Like, what is this? So I was like, what would like make me feel good this morning? And like part of me just wanted to sit on the couch and just like watch something. But I like am so indecisive and I don't really know what I want to watch. And I knew I would just kind of be like 
itching to do something. So I was like, what could I do that's just like relaxing, but is like active relaxing? Because that's that's kind of how I recharge myself. I'm not very much a sit on the couch and watch a movie type of person. And I'm trying to accept that that's okay. I have a hard time accepting that about myself, but it's the truth. So I was like, let's just, I texted my fiance's parents and I was like, are you guys, because I know that they usually go to a farmer's market, not every Saturday, but they go like relatively often. And I was like, are y'all going to the farmer's market? And they were like, we can go. And I was like, let's go. So we went to the farmer's market and it just gave me so much joy because it's something that I used to do like willingly every Saturday morning when I lived in Tuscaloosa because I lived on the river like that the um, river market farmer's market was on or my apartment was on that river and I would just walk to it with Ella like every Saturday and sometimes I wouldn't even get anything I just walked to go walk around and grab like a coffee from the coffee truck and I went and it was just something that gave me so much joy and it's like I didn't have to schedule that I could have easily sat on the couch but then I probably would have just gotten like in my head and I just would have been like going kind of stir crazy because it's like I sit in my house and work Monday through Friday so like sitting in my house sounds appealing to an extent on a Saturday morning if I'm like reading a book but I was just like a really beautiful day and I was like I need to get out but it's like I don't really necessarily want to do anything crazy what can I do that's relaxing and I scheduled that joy for myself and it made like such a big difference in how my whole weekend went and how I just felt because I was definitely feeling very like drained and exhausted from a really busy work week and it was just like something that was so good for me to do for myself so That's the spiel going into this episode that I want y'all to remember is to schedule joy in your life and you be intentional about, you know, finding those things that give you joy and scheduling them into your life. Even if it's something that you're only doing once a week, that'll be better than not having any intentions and not doing anything at all to schedule joy in your life. Now to get into the things that I'm actually doing and working on and just plan on doing throughout the winter season to pull myself out of the post-holiday slump and to really help myself through a more seasonally down season. The very first thing is to prioritize sleep. I know that this is so obvious, but let me offer a new perspective. I know we just wrapped up a busy holiday season, so we're naturally like a lot more exhausted and we're also probably feeling a lot more exhausted because we're like getting back into our routines and that can be really tiring. And with it being dark outside earlier, why not go ahead and take advantage of those extra hours of darkness to just start prioritizing your sleep more and get yourself into bed a little bit earlier. I find that it's so much easier to develop this routine of getting in bed earlier when it's actually getting darker outside than if you were to try it, let's say over the summer when sometimes it's getting dark at like 9 p.m. And then you're like, oh, that signals me to go inside and now... I can make dinner and like start getting ready for bed, but then it's like really dark. And it's just harder because you want to maximize your time in the daylight, obviously, and take advantage of those extra hours of daylight in the summer. So you're not going to be as tempted to sort of develop a, I say tempted, I should probably say like enticed to develop a good sleep routine and like prioritize your sleep over the summer, especially because the summer typically has a lot more heavy traveling. So your sleep routine is usually out of whack. But I think that this is a really good time of year to just prioritize sleeping and like getting your sleep schedule together. And I think one of the best things you can do for yourself is try to have a very regimented sleep routine in the sense that you go to bed within 30 minutes of like the same time every day and wake up within 30 minutes of the same time every day. Because it can be really hard when you're constantly, you know, one night you're going to bed at 1am, the next you're going to bed at 11 and then you're going to bed at like, or you're trying to go to bed at nine after that. And it's just like, your body doesn't really know what to do with itself. And you're probably going to constantly feel tired because it's not really a routine for you. And this is something that has like totally transformed my 
just energy levels because I remember in college I struggled so much with like falling asleep at like 3 p.m. every day like I had to take a power nap every single day and I literally work very long days at work sometimes and I will never feel that feeling I mean I'll, I'll get really tired but I won't feel like I necessarily need to go to sleep and I do get that way sometimes like don't get me wrong like it's not completely unavoidable but I rarely get that way whereas I used to feel like I needed a power nap every single day and I think it's because I just had a very sporadic sleep schedule. Like some nights I go to bed at like 9.30, some nights I go to bed at like 2 a.m. And it always depended on, you know, was I up late studying for a test? Did I have to get up for an 8 a.m. class versus did I not have class till 11? That kind of thing. And I more so just didn't really have a sleep routine and I just kind of tried to get at least like six or seven hours of sleep every night. So that may, would have looked like getting up at 9 a.m. some mornings, whereas other mornings I was getting up at like seven. So it was just really sporadic and all over the place. And I think that's why I always felt so tired in college, like looking back, but I couldn't really pinpoint it before that and, or while I was going through it. And I just think it's a really good time to prioritize your sleep since we do have the few extra hours of the day where it's dark. And the next thing is if it takes less than five minutes to do, go ahead and get it done at first thought. So I love this mindset because it makes me get so many things done that I tend to just put off a bajillion times over so like for example taking out like our bathroom trash like little bag I am so bad about like remembering to take that out and I'll like look at it and I'll be like oh I need to take that out but then I'll like tell myself oh I'll do it later and then I don't do it so instead with this mindset if it takes less than five minutes go ahead and get it done at first thought it would be me looking at the trash and saying I need to take this out I'm gonna go ahead and take it out now and I get it done and then I don't have to think about it again and I it, it's done. Same thing with like unloading the dishes or loading the dishes or maybe it's tidying up your living room. Maybe it's taking out the trash or maybe it's making a to-do list for yourself. Maybe it's running to get gas really quick in your car, like whatever it is. And maybe it's 10 or 15 minutes if you have that time in your day. But I think five minutes is like a good rule of thumb if you're like busy and have a lot going on if it takes less than five minutes just go ahead and get it done because you're going to get a lot more done and you're not going to feel the pressure of procrastination and like you're not going to have it constantly in the back of your mind and I feel like it just clears up a lot of mental clutter when you're able to go ahead and take care of it versus like continuously putting it off because the more you put it off it's just going to keep getting shoved in the back of your brain and that literally takes up mental energy and mental space and you could just go ahead and take care of it and then you know get rid of the thought and that is obviously a lot more ideal and then the third thing we have is to plan something you look forward to over the weekends so this goes along with the scheduling joy in your life and I like to emphasize the weekends just because since I'm obviously like in the working world which I think whether you're in college or whether you're in the working world maybe you work weekends and you don't work during the week a few days, depending on what job you have. Whatever the weekend means to you, whether that's Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday and Wednesday, schedule joy in your life by planning something you look forward to over the weekend. So it could be going to try a new coffee shop on Saturday morning. It could be going to a park with your dog and taking some food with you and having a little lunch. It could be planning an at-home movie night with you and your significant other, you and some friends. It could be a date night. It could be a workout class. Whatever it is that if you were to put it on your calendar for the weekend right now would make you feel like an ounce of excitement and a little bit of like giddiness, put it on your freaking calendar because it's so easy to just like wait until the weekend gets there and then just be like, 
oh, I'll do it later. I'll, oh, I'll do it next weekend. But then you're just like not really taking the initiative and being intentional with how you're spending your time. And I'm not saying you need that like none of these things are necessarily like productive things. Like literally it's just whatever it is in this life that brings you joy, create some time for it and plan it for over the weekend so you have it to look forward to because it is so much easier to get through the long and rough and the exhausting work weeks when you know you have something to look forward to. And maybe that's something to look forward to is doing nothing because trust me, I have weekends like that too where I'm like on Sunday, I am not going to do anything. I'm just going to be lazy. And if that's what brings me joy and what I look forward to, then so be it. But honestly, most of the time, it's usually scheduling a workout class, trying a new coffee shop or just doing something out of my normal routine that I don't already do at my house like Monday through Friday. So I think that one's really huge for optimizing your well-being. And the next thing is to prioritize getting sunlight. Um, This is obviously hard because I feel like even if it's not super wintry where you are and you don't get like snow per se, like how I am in Texas, it can be really gloomy. Like it's literally a gloomy day right now here in Texas. And even on the days where it doesn't rain, it can be really gloomy. And I remember in Tuscaloosa when I was in college, January and February were always super gloomy. Um, You know, we'd occasionally have severe weather, but even when it wasn't raining, I remember every year almost, it was like there would be a three week period of time where like we hardly saw the sun, if at all. And I would like it at first because I'm like, ooh, it's moody, like makes me want to be cozy indoors and like watch some Netflix and like cozy studying vibe. And then it gets really old after like a week and you're like, I literally need vitamin D or I'm going to go crazy. And maybe you take vitamin D supplements to help with this if you're, you know, in a climate where you don't really get a lot of sun right now. And seriously, it makes the biggest difference because for me, like I know like when I go on a walk at lunchtime with my dog, I always take our longer walks at lunchtime rather than like in the morning because the sun's, it's usually a little bit warmer, first of all. And second of all, like if the sun's out, it's like obviously at its like peak time and I love to like just go like sit on a bench for like five minutes sometimes 10 minutes and I'll just sit there and literally like let the sun hit my face and it just feels like it refreshes and renews my soul and you may be like Abby like that's so dramatic like it's literally the sun but seriously I know it's one of those things that you're like of course you're saying this on the podcast like it's a given but it's a given for a flipping reason like it actually helps so definitely try to prioritize getting sunlight especially if you can do so first thing I know so many podcasts and like so many health experts like say that you know getting that exposure to sunlight first thing when you wake up is like so transformative if you can do that and unfortunately for me it's like since I you know have a dog and I feel like any other dog owner relates like you can't just like walk outside first thing in the morning because if you walk outside without them like they're not going to be happy and I can't just like immediately walk outside when I wake up because like I've got to put on a new pair of clothes and I don't know if they mean like immediately get outside get outside when you wake up but for me it's like usually 30 minutes between me waking up and me getting outside so hopefully that time frame is fine but also I don't really get sunlight when I go outside first thing in the morning because the sun's not really high enough yet and there's just a lot of trees where I live so I'm just not really getting the sunlight unfortunately but and I don't really get any direct light in my home either. So it's a sad situation, but I try to at least get outside and I like to create the illusion in my head of like, oh, the sun's hitting me right now this morning and it feels so great. So just do what you can with that and t- maybe talk to your doctor about taking vitamin D supplements if you think it's something that you may need to incorporate into your routine because I know a lot of people definitely do that, especially those of you who live in like more wintry climates. 
The next thing is to make sure your goals and expectations are actually realistic. So whether it's your 2023 resolutions that you just made or it's your to-do list for the day or for the week at work, just make sure that what you have on paper or in your head for yourself is realistic. And I personally think that setting smaller goals is more helpful during the winter. And I feel like I just get more done and I'm actually feeling more accomplished when I break things down into bite-sized pieces especially when I'm just not in the best spirit for a longer period of time. Because obviously, if I put a big goal like save $20,000, which that's not one of my goals, I'm just throwing it out there. But if my goal is to save $20,000, do you think I'm going to feel motivated about doing that? And do you think that I'm going to feel like I can get that done when I'm already feeling like kind of in the dumps and I have the winter blues? No, because that sounds so flipping daunting. Like who's going to like actually have the drive to attack that goal nobody like because it's going to sound like extremely it sounds extremely hard and it literally saying that just like makes my body like tense up because I'm like oh that's intimidating so break it down into something smaller like how much could you save this week to help you reach that financial goal break everything down and it will seriously help so much and I think that that's like the biggest issue when it comes to new year's resolutions because everyone makes these huge specific like really large sometimes very unrealistic goals and we set them for ourselves and then everyone like panics and is like ugh I don't know why I'm having such a hard time you know actually working towards these goals and I'm like maybe because they're extremely unrealistic when you look at them because you made this goal for the whole year and you're putting the pressure on yourself to accomplish it right now in January and we're not even one full month into the year yet like you have to, you can create those big goals and they can be unrealistic like at first glance, but how can you break them down to a month by month level or a week by week level so that they're more digestible and just they feel more realistic and you don't feel so intimidated by them. And it's so hard to do that because, you know, the focus when the new year hits is everyone's like, what's your goal for the year? What's your goal for the year? And it's just like shoved down your throat and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I want to accomplish for this year? So of course it's going to, you're going to identify something larger that's going to be harder to accomplish and take some time to do. But if you just leave the goal planning at that and you don't really break it down into small actionable items that you can do each week to work towards that goal, chances are you're never really going to reach that goal because you're just going to constantly put off doing any of the action items and action steps to go towards it because it's going to feel way too intimidating to you, especially in the winter when the motivation is just not really at a high point. So definitely recommend making sure your goals and expectations are realistic for yourself. And like I said, this means for your to-do list at work too, or maybe it's your to-do list for the weekend or for the day. Just make sure things are at least somewhat realistic and you're not expecting too much from yourself and setting yourself up for disappointment when it comes to your daily goals, your weekly goals, your to-do list, your resolutions, whatever it may be. And just always think smaller when it comes to those goals and expectations that you have for yourself. And next we have planning time off or a vacation so that you know in the back of your mind that it's coming. And I, one of my like first emails that I got from one of my seniors at work was, I hope you enjoyed your holiday break and I hope that you've already planned some time off in the future, which kudos to her because she's like literally the, one of the only people I work with that actually like prioritizes like well-being with work and everything, which is why I love working with her or one of the many reasons I love working with her. But, um, just go ahead and do this, especially if you're, you know, working a job where you're able to like, where you physically have to go and like log it in your calendar 
go ahead and plan. Even if you don't have plans and even if you don't have a vacation planned, just go put some time off in your calendar. Even if it's just like a self-care Monday, like where you just like know you're going to be tired and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to take off this random Monday so that I can like take care of some appointments and just have a day to myself. Like go ahead and schedule that in. Like I literally went ahead and scheduled everything that I knew I needed off. I haven't scheduled any like vacation time per se, but like my first week back, I was like, I'm going ahead and putting this crap on the calendar because I need something to look forward to, um, especially after busy season because it's like the unspoken rule is that like you can't really take off any time during busy season, which is like February to like kind of mid-May. Um, maybe April. May is not the end of the world, I guess, if you take off, but I'd definitely say through April. Um, and I, I like have to take off one day for, um, one of my best friends, she's getting married and I'm in her wedding on a Friday. And like, that's not the end of the world. Cause I obviously gave like plenty of notice for it and everything. Um, but like, you're not going to go on a vacation, I guess is what I should say from February to April. Like that's just not going to happen. So like, I already am like, okay, I'm going to put in like an extra day Memorial day weekend. Cause we already get that Friday, Monday off. I'm like, let me go ahead and take off the Tuesday or the Thursday around that time and I went in and put in my time for like the summer when I know I'm going home and I'm just like okay I need to have this in my calendar so I know I can look forward to it and also I just feel a lot better when I go ahead and take care of putting it in because I'm not like remembering last minute oh my gosh I forgot to put in this vacation and it's like in two weeks and then you just feel bad because you're like notifying people late which you shouldn't feel bad because you're entitled to take vacation but it obviously just feels a lot better when like you know you've had it on the schedule and you're not like putting it in last minute and then people are like where was this when I was making your schedule so definitely plan some time off for a vacation whichever it may be um I don't really have any vacations planned I'm really like not trying to travel this year just to like save money for the wedding unless it's like necessary travel like I'm going home I'm gonna have to go home in the summer to like try on my wedding dress and like get the alterations done and everything when it comes in so that's a trip but like I'm not gonna have to pay for lodging and stuff you know what I mean so just plan something even if it's not a vacation even if it's a little staycation and you just take like a week off and you just literally stay at home and you work on some home projects or maybe you just sit and watch tv and recharge all week like whatever it may be plan it and put it in your calendar so you can have it to look forward to. And next is to remember that your moods can be lying to you. And I saw this put into words like this from a post on Tumblr the other day. And I was like, that's exactly how I'm going to explain this point. Cause I already had the point. I think the originally like this point on my plan for the podcast episode, it said like, remember that like a lot of times the way you feel isn't necessarily like the reality and then I saw this quote that said, your moods can lie to you and to like remember that. And I think about such a good way to put it because sometimes we're in like a horrible, horrible mood and we have all these dark thoughts and we're just like thinking, you know, very negatively. And it's definitely a lot more true for me during the winter season for sure. But it's important to remember that your thoughts are not always reality. And a lot of times in our head, we make situations be a lot more like than they actually are and for example just to make this more of a tangible example I was losing my mind over going back to work after the holiday break because I had had a little over two weeks off I knew I was jumping into a busy provision as soon as I came back but I and like I've worked on this provision for one other quarter so like I kind of know how the timeline of it works it lasts like 15 days 15 like weekdays um and I knew that the first three days aren't really anything crazy. Like they're 
they're very normal, like work-wise, like very normal, like eight hour day. Like sometimes you don't even really have that much work to do for this specific project on those first three days. But before I went back to work, I was like creating this false reality in my head, which I was lying to myself because I knew that the first three days are not anything crazy. But because my anticipation and the anxiety of, from that anticipation of going back to work was so strong, that those feelings of anxiety literally created a completely false scenario in my head and made me 10 times more worked up than I needed to be. Because I was telling myself in my head that my very first day, that January 3rd back to work for the new year was going to be hell and I was just going to be swamped and slammed and just like not even have a second to breathe. I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to take a lunch break. Like just being extremely dramatic because I was so anxious about going back that all of those anxious thoughts were so powerful that they quite literally created a false reality in my head that made me even more stressed when in the back of my mind, I knew exactly how it was going to go. So then the first day came and it wasn't anything crazy. It was a very normal work day. And I was like, oh, why did I make myself like nearly like throwing up and like just like so anxious when this is how it went? And I knew if I just would have been honest with myself and like told myself that my thoughts are probably lying to me, I would have known that that's how the day would have gone. And like I could have saved myself so from my own scaries the day, the few days before, because I had scaries for like five days before going back to work. Like I could have saved myself from that and reminded myself like, you're going to be easing back into it. Will it get crazy at one point? Yes. But like the first two days at minimum, you're going to be easing back into it and it's going to be okay. I got so stressed the day before I went back to work that I quite literally, like, because I hadn't checked my email through the whole break, which, like, nobody was really emailing anyways because, like, my whole firm shut down between, like, Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve, which I actually did have a few emails from people who decided to still work during that time, which, I mean, that's that's their own problem, I guess. But <laughs> I had a few emails, like, literally nothing crazy at all. And then I had taken off the week before we were all out, as you guys know, and I was so stressed the night before work. I was like, what if I'm just too busy tomorrow that like going through all of my emails from these two weeks off is too, too much? Like what if it's just like too stressful and I can't get through all these emails in one day? One, I don't need to necessarily get through all of them in one day. Obviously I need to check them, but it, I, I'm sitting here acting like I'm somebody who gets a ton of emails anyways. Like, no, I'm not communicating with any clients. I'm a freaking staff. I'm mainly communicating internally with the exception of like a few clients that I'm just like CC'd on stuff for. So I was just like, I was so stressed that I literally went through my email the night before going back to work because I just was like, oh, it'll just make me feel better. And that was like totally like not honoring a boundary I had. And it's sad looking back on it, but like I literally let myself stress out so much over it just because I let my moods lie to me and I let my thoughts and feelings just create this false reality and it caused me to totally spiral. So there's that. Just remember that you you may feel horrible, but when you feel horrible, allow yourself to feel horrible, but make sure you ask yourself, like, is this my reality? Or am I just like totally creating this in my head? And this is not actually the case. Cause I'd say most of the time it's not reality and you're just really stressing yourself out for not necessarily no reason, but you're causing a lot of extra stress that you don't need to. The next thing is to revamp your living space, your work from home space, your bedroom, your bathroom, something. Revamp something. That does not necessarily mean going and spending a ton of money 
on new furniture, new decor, etc. You don't even have to spend a penny if you don't want to. Just maybe move things around in your room or swap out a piece of decor that you have in your bedroom with something you have in your living room just to like refresh the space and make it feel new. And something you can do, I mean, maybe say you do want something new like in your office space or in your living room. Go to a resale store or a consignment store because you can find so much good stuff for like so much cheaper than what you would be paying like anywhere else and like for example i wanted to like really make our home feel more like personalized and actually homey before starting back to work because i just knew it was something that would make me feel better so i went to a few resale stores um during the week between christmas eve and new year's when i was back in texas after i went to florida and i was like i'm gonna go to several resale stores and just look for like little picture frames and then i got some pictures printed from CVS. I went and picked them up and I just got some like resale picture frames and they're all so cute. And I think the most I paid for one of them was $3 and they're so cute. They're more unique than like what you could get at like Target and like picture frames like Target and stuff are like $15, $20. So it's just a little much. And it's like, nobody needs to be spending that much just to like literally frame a picture, especially when it's like a small little picture frame. And it's one really easy way to like revamp your space. And maybe you'll even find some decor when you go to the resale stores and it'll help you revamp your space. And it's something that can like really just make you feel re-inspired and refreshed and renewed, especially when you're just kind of naturally feeling a little bit more in the dumps. And I really think that if you do it right, like you don't even have to like do that much and you can just do a few things here and there. And like I said, it could just be moving the furniture around and y'all know I've talked about actually setting up my work from home space in our second room instead of it being downstairs. And that made like a world of a difference for feeling re-inspired to like go back to my full-time job. Whereas before I was like really dreading it and it was like really nice to like start the year on a clean slate. And that just made me feel a lot better with the post-holiday slump of like going back to work. So Definitely put some time and thought into that, and I swear it's something that can like totally transform things. Next is to take extra time for self care. This is something that I have really been putting like my everything into, and whatever self care means to you. I've done so many episodes on like self care and redefining self care and like what it means to you and everything and prioritizing it because I'm, I used to be somebody who like did not prioritize it at all. And it truly is in the little things. And y'all heard me mention earlier, just like eyes rolling my face and putting on like eye masks every morning. Like that is such a small act of self-care, but it makes me feel so much better in the mornings. It makes me feel a little bit more excited to get up and get out of bed. And I like love the little routine I have with it. And it's something that I truly look forward to and take that extra time for self-care because like I've said a million times, it's a time when you're not feeling as good per se. And you really just want to do all you can to just like, pour more into yourself so that your cup can feel a little bit more full since it's not really like feeling the best and you know whatever self-care may look like to you maybe that's like having a once a week like routine with you know washing your hair doing your hair self tanning and like doing a face mask and like you do it every Thursday night or something that can make you look forward to every Thursday evening and add a little bit of joy to your life and that's part of scheduling joy and it's taking that extra time for self-care so whatever that looks like for you take the extra time for it and literally putting on the eye mask and ice rolling my face takes an extra like four minutes in the morning and I can spare myself like four minutes for sure so it's like something very small that it's such a lovely little act of self-care that makes me look forward to the day next I have planning out your outfits 
So even if this is just changing from pajamas to a pair of sweats, this really helps you get out of that I just want to stay in bed mood or I just want to be lazy mood because I find I, I'm like really bad about this in the summer because getting dressed to work from home in the summer is so hard in like a really hot climate because like I just don't really want to be very hot and I'll just kind of be wearing like a pair of like baggy like running shorts and a t-shirt and it kind of just feels like sleeping clothes and it kind of puts me in that lazy like ugh, work from home like or not work from home that lazy like want to lay in bed all day kind of attitude and mindset but something that I like really enjoy doing is like trying to actually dress like my age and like I'm an adult and like wear something that I feel like comfortable and like confident in during the day even if it's just like a sweat set and maybe it's not a sweat set maybe it's like an old pair of sweatpants and like an old hoodie but it's just something that is comforting to me and that I feel good in but pick it out the night before and you'll know that it's there and it's ready for you and it'll get you out of that I just want to stay in bed type of mood and it makes your mornings feel a little bit less hectic when you already have it picked out and maybe you don't work from home and you have to go in office or you are you just have to get dressed for the day wherever you work get that outfit ready the night before because it will seriously just make your morning so much more smooth and it's something that I think is kind of technically an act of self-care because it allows you to take a little bit more time back or adds more time back into your day in the morning that you could use for self-care or you know going and getting a coffee or whatever it may be it just gives you a little bit more time in the morning if you take care of it the night before which I think is something that's really important during like a kind of winter season where you're just feeling a bit more down and you just need a little bit more time to take care of yourself in the morning and then we have to explore a new hobby or do something that is purely for fun with no productivity tied to it. So I think that the winter season is a great time to explore hobbies because like I said, it's a season where there isn't a lot that's just sort of going on in terms of there being things that are already scheduled and there aren't like, you know, a ton of holidays and it's just like a little bit of a slower season and maybe it's not a slower season for you for work like it is for me, but if this is a slower season of life for you, this is a great time to explore a new hobby because you're not having all of, like maybe you normally in the summer like feel the pressure to like be outside and like be doing all these outdoor type of activities. But in the winter, like maybe it's just super snowy and you can't really go outdoors. Just try to explore some hobbies that you truly are doing for fun and just to really exercise your creative brain even if you're not a very creative person it's still important to exercise those creative muscles and make sure you get that in and make sure it doesn't have productivity tied to it too because sometimes we like pick up hobbies and like we're like oh this is a hobby but like inherently you're doing it because it's like helping you get more done or it's like technically productive but this could be something like volunteering somewhere it could be a painting in the comfort of your own home baking new recipes it could literally be something as simple as like making new playlists for you to listen to like it can be so small and I think we think of hobbies sometimes as some as something that has to cost money or something that takes like a lot of effort and time but it doesn't have to it could be like scrapbooking it could be you know creating like fun journals where you're like putting like collages in them and stuff like whatever it may be just find something or explore a new hobby that truly is something that feels fun to you because I feel like as adults we don't do enough that we truly view as fun that doesn't cost a ton of money or doesn't have productivity tied to it like we just need to do more fun things for the pure sake of them just being fun and then we have to embrace cozy lighting and I have to add this on here because 
I don't know about you guys, but like overhead lighting is, I, I can't stand it. Like I literally cannot stand it. I love lamps. I love like little string lights. I love all of that. And I think the winter is the best time to embrace them. Like right now I'm recording this podcast and I have like my little lamp on and I love my little lamp because it's just so cozy and I just feel like it creates just so much more of a comforting vibe than overhead lighting does. And it's something small that can like make a big difference, you know? And then we have to consume content that makes you feel good. I know I say this all the time, but I find that like my comparison tends to not necessarily get worse in the wintertime, but I feel like it's just like a little bit more amped up in the wintertime. Like it happens more often or really just in seasons of life where I'm feeling a bit more low. So, which is kind of like a given, like obviously if you're not feeling as confident or you're feeling a little bit low about yourself, you're probably naturally going to be more inclined to compare yourself to people online. And I think it's because it's like for me, since it's busy season for work, I often like I'm comparing myself to people who like don't really, you know, like work normal nine to five jobs or I'm comparing myself to people who have like a job that they love because I'm like not loving my job, but I'm working insane hours for it. Like that kind of thing. I tend to just like compare myself a lot during this season of life and it's really, really hard. So it's really important for me to really just consume content that makes me feel good. So during, I typically find that during this time, I tend to not watch like as much YouTube because I am watching people who don't really have like normal nine to five jobs. Or if I am watching people who have normal nine to five jobs, they're not uploading as often. So I'm not watching as much YouTube during this time. On Instagram, I try to like just look at like, I don't know, I look at my explore page more often than like the people I actually follow because my explore page has, is basically like a ton of book accounts a bunch of like surf photography and then like some baking and like cooking related things and I'll just like look on there or I'll just go on Pinterest and that's the type of content I need to consume during this time where it's not something where I'm like forcing myself or putting myself in a position to where I am going to end up comparing myself to someone because that's just not going to do anything good for my mental health and obviously it's an issue like my that I have within myself and insecurities I have within myself that are making me feel that way. It has nothing to do with the other people and the content they're creating. It has everything to do with me. And I know that. So that's why I tend to just like reel it in. And I'm like, okay, like I need to not watch as much YouTube. If I am going to watch YouTube, let's explore and like maybe watch some different like people or like watch people who have lifestyles similar to mine. So I'm not like more inclined to compare myself. Or maybe I watch someone whose lifestyle is so wildly different from mine. So I don't even like think to compare myself because we're not really comparing like similar things here you know what I mean it's more so of like a full contrast in that sense so then we have to look at the small things as a sense of accomplishment and to actually take the time to recognize them and what I mean by this is any little thing you do literally applaud yourself for it if you have to literally take your little flipping hand and pat yourself on the back do it or if it's you saying like I did that today like go go me like I'm so proud of myself or even if you just kind of like give yourself a little smile of acknowledgement. You will feel so much better. I started doing this recently and it has been so transformative for just like my overall mood for the day. So for example, looking at small things as a sense of accomplishment, you may be like, what are you talking about? What I mean is, for example, making the bed. I go through, I used to go through phases where it's like, I wouldn't make the bed, especially when we first moved into our new place. Like I like just never made the bed because the room isn't, wasn't done. And it still like really isn't done. I'd say like our actual like room where we sleep and everything. And I just kind of felt like since it wasn't done, I was like, why make bother to make the bed? You know what I mean? But then I would always feel 
just so flustered when I'd walk in the room instead of at peace and relaxed because the bed wouldn't be made and I knew everything wasn't done. Like we had like just stuff that wasn't in its like final place and we had like some boxes still and everything. So I was like, ugh, like it just makes me feel stressed. But now like what I've been doing is like I'll get up and I'll make the bed and then I'll just give myself a little smile and be like, you made the bed today, like way to go. And that may sound ridiculous. Like I literally just kind of say it in my head and like smile to myself every time I do it. It makes me feel so much better. You can do this when you do the dishes, when you cook yourself a meal, when you refill up your water bottle after you finish one for the day, when you tidy up your kitchen before going to bed, like literally any little thing like that, or maybe it's just going on a walk or I don't know, like literally anything and everything it may be, maybe it's paying a bill, like whatever it is, really overdramatize the little things to really give yourself that feeling of accomplishment and just recognize those things because they're just such small things that we never take the time to recognize in our day-to-day life because they are such small mundane tasks. But when we're in like a season of feeling low, it can be so transformative for our moods and our mindsets if we just like take a little extra step to recognize those small mundane tasks rather than just going through the motions with them and never really telling ourselves good job for actually getting them done. And kind of going along with that, something that I've been trying to be good about doing, which I'm not the best about doing this one, but I'm definitely like going through this winter season. Like I'm trying to be more and more just better about it, I guess. And it's something I did it last night, but I like definitely haven't done it every night this week. But I always want to try to do a five to 10 minute cleanup of the kitchen and living room after dinner, just because there is no better feeling than like walking into your kitchen and living room in the morning like going to make your breakfast and your coffee and it being like tidy and there not being like a ton of yes things that are indicative of the day before or two days before like laying on the counter or laying in the living room because it sort of just like keeps you from being present almost and it sort of instead of just like approaching your day with like today's a new day it sort of forces you to be in this mindset of like oh, this is from the other day. I And then you start having all these thoughts flood in because you're like remembering things from a few days prior or there's like something sitting out on the counter that reminds you of a to-do you need to do instead of you just walking into like a clean slate for a new day. So it's like hard to go into, the, into a day and like have that mindset of today's a new day. Like yesterday's over to, and today's a new day. Like let's get after it. You can't really have that mindset when you're walking into an environment that just has yesterday written all over it. You know what I mean? So I think that that's a very deep way of explaining that, but it's actually like something that I think helps a lot once you start doing it. And I never used to think of it as it have like the kitchen and living room having yesterday written all over it. But when I was planning this episode, I was like, honestly, like this is actually a really powerful thing to do every night because it allows you to have an environment that is reciprocating the energy of today's a new day back to you because it's really hard to just like walk into a kitchen and like say today's a new day and then there'll just be like a ton of stuff from days before all over the place because our kitchen and living room is like definitely a catch-all for like random stuff throughout the week and I hate that but it's just like my toxic trait and then my fiance like also does it so like we're both just like doing it and it just makes a mess sometimes and the next thing is to engage in positive self-talk and Really, I have a whole episode on this, so I'm not going to dive deep into it, but it's from quite a while ago about just sort of how I became a more optimistic person when I used to be a naturally pessimistic person. I tend to struggle a lot with this through periods of change and when I'm going through like seasons of life where I am feeling a lot more low, it's a lot easy to, a lot easier to 
have those negative thoughts and believe them rather than just, you know, realize like, are my thoughts lying to me? Is this my reality? You know, asking yourself those things about your thoughts not always being your reality. And countering that negative self-talk with positive self-talk is especially important for me during this season. So, you know, speaking words of love and just like peace over myself rather than, you know, being really hard on myself because it's really easy to be really hard on yourself, especially during like the winter season and when you're trying to like start accomplishing goals and stuff, especially if those goals are not realistic. So definitely try to counter all of that negative self-talk with positive self-talk and really just speak more kindly to yourself and, you know, give yourself a little grace. And those are all the things I have for y'all this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I absolutely loved planning this out. And I think that I'm hoping that it really helps a lot of you because I know that this is definitely a hard time of year for me, especially with busy season with work. So I need all of the joy that I possibly can squeeze out of each and every day. So I really wanted to like make this episode to like really help with me myself and like having like a little go-to pocketbook of things I can do and things I can remember um, during this more difficult season. So hopefully it can be the same little pocketbook for you and you can keep these things in mind as you go through the winter and as you get through the post-holiday slump and the winter blues. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram if you want and subscribe to me on YouTube if you want more content as well. I upload every Wednesday. And yeah, join the Emblem Podcast Facebook group too if you're into that. But I will talk to you all next week. Thanks so much for listening.